0: It is time for a round the 412 with Smitty and Tyler Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. We are everywhere, so go check us out on there. And go check out some of the links that we have in the description of each of these shows. Um, whether you're on the listening platform over or over on YouTube, we've got a Facebook and an Etsy link for everything custom designs. It's our friend Haley Wagner's small business. She can create customized clothing for you, your family, your friends, wherever you want, go check out her stuff at some of those links. Also happy new year. It is 2024 officially. Um, it's crazy how I feel like once football season gets here, the rest of the year just flies by in a blink of an eye. Cause I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you feel the same or if others feel the same, but, it's, it's like January to August is, is kind of a drag a little bit, especially when then we get into the days where it's only baseball. Um, but once you get past August and you get to that football season, college and college and NFL, that's whenever it's like the weeks fly by, the months go by even faster. I can't believe it's already 2024. And I can't believe that we are already at the final game of the regular season for the Pittsburgh Steelers in
1: 2023. Yeah, we didn't know where things would stand when we talked again. I mean, the last time that we recorded a Steelers episode was following a loss to the Colts, a third straight loss where we thought Mm -hmm. that's kind of it for the Steelers. Like another poor performance from Mitch Trubisky, where we saw Mason Rudolph come in for mop up duty. We thought probably would see Mason start the following game, which we did. Now, who could have imagined? that things would go as well as they did for the offense in those following two games. And we would be sitting here week 18, the Steelers still having a shot to make the playoffs. Um, Now they can't do it on their own accord. They don't control their own destiny by any means. They're going to need at least one of the Jaguars to lose to the Titans or the bills to lose to the dolphins. There's some other like weird scenarios that we can get into, but that is the easiest path for them to do. So there's actually a really weird scenario where they get in, even with a loss in this one but it's very unconventional it's very unlikely to happen. Um that is the easiest way to put it to everybody is they win against Baltimore, Buffalo loses to Miami or Jacksonville loses to Tennessee that would put the Steelers in as the number 7 seed in the AFC. Um which again, you would have thought looking at their schedule like prior to the Arizona game, that's a given that they're going to make the playoffs. However, where things stood after the Indianapolis game when we last talked, very much was not a given. So what has happened in that amount of time Mason Rudolph has taken over at quarterback. And while I don't think he's necessarily, I don't think he's necessarily done anything like spectacular, but he's provided good enough quarterback play for this team, getting the ball to his playmakers, letting them make plays and just been a steady, steadying presence for them uh, when they needed it. You know, Mitch Trubisky turning the football over way too much. Um, So yeah, I, I guess that's, that's where we should start, right? Is, is Mason Rudolph, really changing the narrative. I mean, this is a guy that maybe the most hated man in Pittsburgh following his you know short stint as the starter in 2019 to where we are now, where you got people, I mean, all the signs that were there two days before Christmas at the game, everybody clamoring to see this guy. Just one of the really feel-good stories to end 2023 and start 2024.
0: Yeah, if you would have said during the offseason that the unsung hero of this season are actually – very much sung at this point, hero, of this season, (laughs) is Mason Rudolph. I I would have called you nuts. There's no way that 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 dude would even see the field. And yet here we are, coming full circle to what Tomlin said about Duck Hodges, kind of in spite of of Mason Rudolph at the time, all the way back in 2019. He's not killing us. That's what Tomlin said about Mm -hmm. Duck Hodges and why he was going to be the starter. We've kind of come full circle to that where Mason Rudolph, as of right now, is not the one killing them. They went away from Mitch Trubisky. Mason Rudolph takes over. They win consecutive games. And even with a potentially healthy Kenny Pickett, they're still going to roll with Mason Rudolph in the last game of the season. If you would have said that that scenario is going to play out, I would not have believed you. I would have called you nuts. There's no way Mason Rudolph's career in Pittsburgh is dead in the water. He's basically just here as a body. He's never going to see the field. yet. It's happened, and the Steelers, and not just the Steelers, but the Steelers' offense has looked more competent in the last two games than it has looked all season long. Now, is that all on Mason Rudolph being a stellar quarterback? Absolutely not. I mean, he, he's he's not doing things that are at an elite passer level. However, he, like Tomlin said about Duck Codgers in 2019, and I'll say it right now, he is not killing you. He's not giving the turnovers – uh, he's not he's not giving the ball away whenever you're on the field he's not putting your offense in bad situations he's not putting your defense actually more specifically in bad situations as well and for some reason somehow some way the offense is operating well these last couple starts with Mason Rudolph i think that it, it's awesome for him it's a great story because he's been such a journeyman having dr- been drafted under Ben Roethlisberger and when you get drafted in a scenario like that in in Mason's eyes, he, he had to have known, like I'm basically vying for being his backup for several years and then going to my own team and potentially getting a shot at the starter, or I'm waiting for this dude to retire. There's really no in between. The only other time I might play is if Ben gets injured, which coincidentally happened like every year. So he got to play. But I, I think that Mason Rudolph being able to go from where we were and where, so the Steeler Nation as a whole was with him, writing him off, completely saying, like, I want nothing to do with Mason Rudolph to now he is the hero of the season and potentially could really be the hero of the season if he wins his last game in Baltimore and they get some help on the road from either Miami or Tennessee. I, I, I think that it's a great story, but what's funny is, to me, what does this mean for the future? And we don't have to answer this right now. We can answer it a little bit if you want to just talk. Can you talk about Mason Rudolph? And this game that we just had, or the last couple games, just as a whole, because we haven't talked since then. But what does this mean for the Steelers quarterback room? Like the future of the quarterback room, especially if you're going into week at 18 and you have a, a so-called healthy Kenny Pickett entering that week and you're rolling with Mason Rudolph. I agree with the decision. I don't think you I, – I agree with the decision to – roll the hot hand, and that's from the standpoint of I want the Steelers to be in the best position possible to win the football game. And from what I've seen and what the eye test and what the stats have shown is that you have a better chance in the smaller sample size with Mason Rudolph being the quarterback than you do with Kenny Pickett So for the rest of the season. But moving forward, if you're not going to go to your first-round pick, if you're not going to go to – what you were hoping is your new franchise guy whenever he's healthy and you're going with your start to season, third string quarterback. What does that say about Kenny Pickett? What does that say about the Steelers quarterback room in general and what kind of decision they have moving forward?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm fine with staying there for right now because I think it says more about Kenny than it does about Mason. Like, cause I think that still, regardless, like, we know that Mason's not going to be the solution for this team. And if there's anybody out there that thinks so, man, I mean, that is very short sighted. And I think that that's how bad decisions get made is when you look at a small sample size and decide, okay, this guy's shown us the way that this offense operates in two games enough to, you know, strap him into a position to be QB one in 2024. Um, So to me, it just says more about their lack of faith in Kenny go as the guy, the guy long term now could he still be the starter in 2024 yeah i would still like betting odds if i had to place a bet on it i think he still is the starting quarterback in 2024 as far as what the total room looks like i've said all along i think it's going to be a room of kenny pickett a jacoby Brissett type and then like a mid-round pick the question is based off these couple games while you can't commit to mason as like i as a franchise quarterback or even a starting quarterback for your team in 2024, in my opinion, um, can you commit to him to maybe be the Brissette that I'm talking about that Brissette role Mm -hmm. in a quarterback room where now you're looking at it being Kenny Mason and a mid round pick. And it's really just Mitch that you are moving out of the room. Um, I think so. I mean, to me, any quarterback decision, any quarterback conversation for this team in 2024 is really tough to have a conversation about Because we don't know what the offense is. We don't like without knowing who the offensive coordinator is and knowing who's a good fit within it. It's tough because that to me is where like that percept percept type comes in. Right. If you're hiring an offensive coordinator from the outside and it has to be an offensive coordinator from the outside. um, Typically, if you're looking for you're looking for a veteran to bring in that's run that offense in the past, whether they've been directly with that coach or at least run a similar system. So, unless Mason, for whatever reason, would have some type of college tie or whatever to whoever the next offensive coordinator is, I'm still not sure I'm bringing him back in 2024. Kenny's um, going to be back just because of the. the what if he next bowls the game? I, man.
0: But I mean, even that second season yeah. after Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, wasn't Wentz the starter? Um, Because he was in Philadelphia. That that yeah, season when did,
1: after, when did Nick Foles sign in Jacksonville?
0: Two years after that, I'm looking at Nick Foles' stats right That's now. He only he only started in five games in in 2018. I, is that because he got injured, or is that because they were with Wentz? I don't know, but what? <laughs> obviously, the the scenario is very unlikely. But imagine if that. So that he started sort of the opener.
1: Happened. He started the opener with Wentz not being cleared yet. Um. They were 1-1, and and then Wentz returned as the starter for Week 3. So, uh, and then he played also Week 12 due to a back injury, and then had to play late in the season as well. So, yeah, I mean, basically, it was Carson Wentz, though. Like, Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback for the football team, even with what Nick Foles did that run to the Super Bowl. And then, yeah, ended up, playing he was in there in 2019 as well um or no they they signed they had picked up a 20 million dollar option and then the same day and in, informed him that they would void the option made him a free agent and then he signed with jacksonville in the 2019 offseason what and a wild day! yeah you thought you're about to get a 20 million dollar contract for one year and then got it voided but he got his, a, his a street in jacksonville as well um but anyway yeah that to me like I don't, that's just such a wild hypothetical like if, if it were to oh, happen no. okay maybe, maybe we have a different conversation but yeah as we sit here right now um i think it's going to be the liar kenny pickett back next year the uh, liar and then, <laughs> and then i i don't know well you don't Mace trust the, the sources No. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure, we can. We can. So what I will say is the original thing that I said wasn't true because I said the backup. What the case was is he refused to be available in any capacity, meaning they wanted him to be the emergency quarterback, which he didn't want to do for whatever reason. Now, was it a health standpoint from his side maybe because alan pres- brought up to me maybe it was a case where he could be cleared with the caveat of him having to take like in a, a pain injection or something like that so if he wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that then he would have said i'm not willing to do that so okay you're inactive then but the reason that it makes no sense to me without even having any information beyond it is I get that he wasn't cleared until late in the week last week, but he was still cleared late in the week last week. So at mm-hmm. some point they deemed that he was healthy enough. And what would have been the downside to him being the emergency quarterback? Because if Mason and Mitch get hurt, you're telling me that they would have felt more comfortable with like Connor Hayward having to play quarterback than Kenny Pickett, just because Kenny had limited reps in practice. Like that's not fishy to to people. Like. Just on the surface, before even asking around to people, to me, there's there was something up with that. And then 24 hours after the game, oh yeah, he's ready to fully practice this week, and he's going to be the number two. So, I, I there's there was some, and without going any further than, just clearly the team didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like they weren't upset about it, right? Because if they were he's probably not dressing for the rest of the year if they weren't okay with him making the decision that he did right so like i don't want to make a bigger deal about it than it was but i'm i'm standing by what i said kenny pickett made the decision himself to not operate as the emergency quarterback for that game
0: i just find the whole thing interesting like i don't yeah i in a game where odds are you're not going to touch the field what, what would it what would it have mattered That's, that's what I don't wrap my head around. It's like,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was some frustration on his part as well. Like if he was told, okay, I don't want to dive into too much of this because like, I don't want it to come back on anybody, but
0: from what I was,
1: from what I was told Adam Schefter voice, uh, he was told during Bengals week, regardless of how that went, he was going to start versus Seattle they made a decision on wednesday to reverse course and that was no longer the case mason was going to start versus seattle so kenny was probably you know rather put off by that decision which to me led to what it did again clearly not enough to upset the organization where they were like okay we're not going to have him be part of the plans for the rest of the season cuz he's still you know going to he's going to be the number 2 now on saturday so
0: Well, they probably need him to be part of the plans because let's be honest, we know what's after Mason if Mitch has to go back in.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like I was saying how about this whole, like the fact that we've a conversation about Mason and Kenny to me is more indicative of Kenny's future than anything else. The fact that we're having a conversation about like, the fact that we're having this conversation (laughs) about like, if if it was like that ugly and in most scenarios, Kenny wouldn't even be active, which I don't think it was, but he has to be, that's more indicative of Mitch. Than anything else, if that were the case. But I don't think it is. I don't think the team thinks this is a big deal. I don't think that it is as big of a deal as a lot of people have made it. But a lot of people have been like in my mentions about it. And I'm not like, I'm not backing down from it. I don't care what Kenny has said regarding it. I don't care what his teammates have said. I don't care what his coaches have said. I think that there's like, I don't know if it needs to be a wake up call or what to people, but I think they'd be surprised by the amount of lying that goes on in professional sports. Yeah, like if anybody you know, I, did we I, think I did, did that. we think that Kenny Pickett was going to have a like a talk to the media yesterday? And be like, oh yeah, that's what happened. I didn't want to be the number three quarterback on Sunday. Was that what people were expecting to have happen? I mean,
0: I did. That's definitely what I thought. <laughs> but like,
1: like people were adding me in that, and I was like, this proves nothing to me. He's answering the exact same way that I would have expected him to.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, the whole thing is just odd, and I'm trying to find a uh, trying to find what Derek said about this whole situation because he had something that I agree with, um, or I agreed with because it was I was prior to the game in Seattle, and he basically said that if you if Kenny Pickett is your your quarterback of the future, then he has to start. Yeah. Yeah. Then he has to start. And if he's not going to be starting and if he's not in there, then you've got bigger problems at quarterback than you realize.
1: Yeah. Or most people realize. So, you know, you've kind of brought up already. Can the Steelers go back to him in 2024 as the number one quarterback, or is that decision already been made? Have we, have we
0: reached it? You remember last year when we said, if you start Kenny, you can't go to Mitch, but if you start Mitch, you can always go to Kenny hmm. last year. Yeah. Did, have we reached a point where it's like we started Kenny and now we went away from him, but can you go back?
1: Yeah. I mean, you've seen it happen and these aren't like good situations to bring up, but like Zach Wilson with the jets, he's kind of been putting that limbo in and out of the lineup. Mac Jones with the Patriots, like, there's situations where it's happened and they haven't turned well, out th- well.
0: Here's the thing, though. Both of those scenarios, and I, I just I say this because I'm not trying to defend my boy Zach Wilson, BYU guy, but I am going to compare the two. We haven't seen the success from somebody else in those offenses. Like they, if, if they bring in another guy, like sure, like you get, you get like a one off game of like from Bailey Zappi. I mean, like well, look what he did did against us, but. Mm-hmm. As far as like especially New York goes with the Jets, it didn't matter who they brought in. It, that that offense is dysfunctional. But suddenly, Mason Rudolph comes in, and i'm I'm not trying to say like Mason Rudolph is the godsend and and that uh, he's the savior of this this franchise and this offense. But like Mason Rudolph comes in and you have back to back. Thirty-point games. I mean, that's probably what your first th- back-to-back thirty-point games since the Killer Bees were a team on your team. Uh,
1: they did. They did it weeks five and six of twenty twenty. But since like prior to, I don't know, but they did it in twenty twenty one.
0: So it's been at least several seasons since yep. it's happened. That's that's where I'd say the difference is from those positions, the, those scenarios, and like the those spots, like the Patriots quarterback, Jets quarterback like those are just more so dysfunctional teams right now, dysfunctional offenses, more than the, the quarterbacks they have throwing in there and out there. We see what the quarterback position and what the offense looks like with somebody that's not Kenny or what, not Mitch Trubisky, someone that's at least mm-hmm. operating it at a functional level like Mason has in two games. I yeah. think that's, that makes it even worse in my opinion is that not only do you get better play, but it's it's not a dysfunctional system because we've seen it in back-to-back games. It was just a dysfunctional quarterback.
1: Yeah, from a results standpoint, sure. But I, I was only bringing those up because of the idea of him going on the bench and then coming back in. Like We've seen it multiple times with yeah. those guys with young quarterbacks kind of just being pulled out and put back in to the lineup. So I think it's a possibility but I think you're kind of rolling out the idea of him being the guy like long term. Like you can go back to him for 2024 and make him compete for a starting job. And again, like if you ask me right now, I think that he is the you know day day one starter for this team next year. Um, but I, I think it's an indictment in terms of how you feel about the guy long term for sure.
0: Steelers have a tough situation ahead. I mean they've they've had one, yeah. but it's it's going to be tough moving forward. Um, to to know whether you're going to, because like if you're the Steelers, do you, depending on how the board falls, do you consider taking a quarterback early in this draft? Based off what you've well, seen, I know you it, just took a first round quarterback two years ago, but right. I I feel like I mean quarterback play you, you can only wait so long.
1: Yeah, it's the most important position, and you got to throw darts at it until you got you know the answer. Um, so for me, I would I, it should be on the board for them to consider. Uh, from their standpoint, I don't think it's going to be like I, I think that they're yeah. going to once again Kenny, some type of backup that has experience with whatever offensive coordinator is brought in and then like a mid-round pick. Um, And I don't even know if this guy would qualify as a mid-round guy now because he might go earlier, but like a Michael Pratt out of Tulane who I keep bringing up, to me just makes so much sense if he's there. Uh, Cam Ward, who just declared for the draft, could make sense too if he's going to be around. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be some options there for them as well. There's a lot of interesting... Like people talk about obviously what's at the top, right, with like a Caleb Williams and Drake May, but there's a lot of interesting guys that are going to go on day two in my opinion as well. Like... I don't, I think round four is like kind of the sweet spot, but I I don't hate the idea of doing it earlier. Like if they took one in round three, I'd be, I'd be totally cool with it just because again, like, look how many backups have had to play this year anyway. Like you need to get a cheaper option in here for Mitch Trubisky and also find one that can play because odds are at some point that guy is going to have to play.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're on our third quarterback this year, so
1: that, that, that checks out absolutely um but okay enough with that stuff for the time being this is stuff that we're going to be talking about a lot of time through the stretch anyway um i don't know how you felt but this game against seattle to me um whether this it looks like it on the surface or whatever uh if you just look at the box score i test to me best game from the offensive line and best game from uh, i mean the running like. Jalen Warren was still very good in this game. I think he's had better games individually. Najee Harris, though, I thought he had his best game for sure this season, right up there with one of his best games as a pro for sure. Um, the ground game was just cooking, and and the most impressive thing about it, one Seattle, even though on the season they don't look like they're very good against the run, have been trending in the right direction in that area, and also they were stacking nine in the box, like they were daring the Steelers to pass it and they were just like "No, nah, we're just going to run it down your throat anyway <laughs> like we're telling you what we're going to do and we're still going to do it this was like textbook bully ball on Sunday and they were very impressive
0: yeah I thought it was a dominant perform- performance especially up front I mean you got over 200 yards of rushing on the day and your highest output of offense as a whole um, on the season I-, I I think that it was impressive to see what they were able to do and I was actually I was kind of nervous like going into this game to see how. How they would respond um, after like a good week, the 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 week prior, um, to see mm-hmm. if they would keep it up, like to see if it was like going to be the same or it's if like it would letdown, look potentially, yeah, like or, or if they'd be like riding off of a high performance and and then be a letdown of a performance. But it wasn't that. I mean, they and they figured out an identity early on too. Is like they they figured out that they can run the football and they were going to be able to run the football the entire day. And I, I felt like there was a certain point too, where not only did they figure it out, but they tried tried some passing and then they're like, Nope, that's not working. We're just going to go back to running the football. And it, it, it is very evident when you see that they ran 46 times and they only passed 24 times. I mean, they, there was, there was a clear um, leaning towards one side of, of, of the, the offense for that. And I think it was a smart thing to do. I I thought Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, both were great on the ground. Um, And like you said, the offensive line, this is arguably their best game of the season. And I, I think that it's, it's a nice thing to see from a, just like from outside looking in, in terms of you always want to be like peaking at the right time. Now, obviously the Steelers don't control their destiny, but if they manage to get into the playoffs, you would like to have the offense peaking at the right time. And then based off the last two weeks, that's what they've been doing is they finally Mm -hmm. figured out what kind of identity they have. Whenever Mason Rudolph has been the quarterback, they figured out that they can run the football and they can run it well. And they have a, a pair of running backs that can bully people. And I think that that is great going into this game against Baltimore and especially since Baltimore secured up the number one seed and everything, they should. They already announced that Lamar's not playing, but I'm I'm sure there's okay. not going to be just him. I'm sure it'll be a number of people that they're probably resting for Baltimore. But I, I I don't know how anybody can be displeased with this offense after the, not just this performance against Seattle, but just the last two weeks in general. I think that as far as a Steeler fan goes, obviously you'd like to get those games against Carolina and New England, or not Carolina, Arizona and New England back. Um, but it, in a scenario where you don't control your destiny and you just kind of have to hope for the best, you still feel pretty good about where you're at and in the hopes that you can get some help um, when it comes to getting into that playoff.
1: It kind of all balances out right like I, okay of course they should have beaten arizona and new england even one of those obviously you'd be in at the worst a win and you're in for sure type scenario against baltimore if not already clinched but going into this week but like you tell me before the season the steelers are going 10 games which what they would be at if they were to win on sunday and five and one the division that's about where i would have thought they would be anyway so like they're gonna win games that they you feel like they shouldn't. They're gonna lose games you feel like they shouldn't lose. So I don't know. At the end of the day, to me, it all ends up balancing out to where the team should be. This to me is a ten and seven football team, and that's probably they got a good shot to finish at ten and seven. I mean, we're talking about them being on their third. I'm I'm not making the injury HDs here, but like because there's been injuries all over the league. We're on their third quarterback and none of that like our starter wasn't playing well our starting quarterback has six touchdown passes on the year and then the backup who's played far less snaps than him has more interceptions than that starting quarterback you looked at the quarterback play that the Steelers have gotten 10 wins i i don't know how you can say that they should have won more than that
0: i also love the comparison week by week seeing uh People compare Joe Flacco's stats to Kenny Pickett's stats. Just oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 so funny to see it. like Joe Flacco in five games has thirteen touchdowns. He has yeah, over doubled in 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 half the games.
1: And hey, I mean, you know, all all credit to him. He's been awesome there. It's been fun to see. I hate that it's for the Browns, but you know, watching Joe Flacco do his thing still in the NFL at his age has been
0: there. He is
1: pretty awesome to see. What? that's that's what oh the video i did i did i did i thought you were saying like there he is like me being a hater there he is no uh no no, i know (laughs) yeah somebody put up a a side by side and it was joe flacco saying there he is in uh tiger woods saying big dog and it was like acting like they were meeting Yeah. (laughs) yeah um but okay yeah so moving on from that last time we talked also uh we talked a lot about george pickens because that was the game where he didn't block and then gave a very poor answer for why he didn't block and uh you were kind of taken aback by my response to it because i am typically so pro player and in that situation i didn't find a way that i possibly could be given the lack of effort and then the answer for the lack of effort shown by george pickens um now, this is going to be interesting to talk about because obviously George has done his thing the last couple of weeks on the field. Somebody at the game, to I me and I, I posted this uh, on X, some dude that probably doesn't even remember saying it, so like some older yinzer blacked out that night. I barely make out what he said, but I made out what he said. He said, there's ups and downs in all walks of life. It's always about the response. Look at how George Pickens is responding tonight because he had 195 yards and two touchdowns against the Cincinnati Bengals. But the thing for me there is, and this isn't to downplay what he's done, and he hasn't, obviously, like, from an effort standpoint, I feel like it's been there the last couple of weeks. So maybe things have finally gotten through, more power to him. He's an integral part of this offense, and I, I want him to be in here Seattle. for a long time. Black, yeah, or Jalen sure.
0: Warren, specifically.
1: Yeah. But it's not like... That performance to me was like the answer to all the questions because it wasn't about like the on-field talent or anything like that. We knew the skill set It wasn't about George his receptions and yards. Right. I wanted to see how he would respond when the ball's not in his hands and when the offense isn't performing well. What is he going to do the next time that that happens? So we've seen obviously the blocking effort be there since. We haven't seen, you know, the offense in a situation the last couple of weeks. Again, they're kind of humming on all cylinders right now. Um, So that would be interesting to see. But certainly credit to George Pickens because that could have, you know, gotten into his head. And he could have not gone out there and performed the way that he has the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I got to tip my cap to him for sure um, for going out there and having those performances.
0: Yeah, I I think that it's great performances, and I wonder behind closed doors. Like obviously, Tomlin didn't really say anything the week after the whole um, George Pickens thing happened. But I wonder if behind closed doors, like the the team, coaches, players, whoever it was, had like talked with George, and basically just like kind of laid out like how things are supposed to go in the NFL. Like those those are not things you're supposed to say. That's not things you do. Like just because it seems like such a dramatic bounce back, like not only statistically in in terms of his yards and everything, but just like over the last two weeks, it seems like there's hasn't been really a flaw with George Pickens. So Mm -hmm. I I just wonder if, if behind closed doors, someone said something to him that really triggered him and or or like, opened his eyes to a new uh, point of view of, of how he should be thinking whenever he's playing out there. And um, obviously it's worked. He's, he's had great and who, who knows maybe maybe, Maybe, maybe this all just goes back to Mason Rudolph being the quarterback, and that's that's what we needed. Um, but I, I'm I've been impressed. Obviously, that that Bengals game, the two touchdowns that he had, the two long touchdowns that he had, impressive. But like you said, that was never in question of like the talent of the actual player. It was, it was more so like decision making on the field whenever you're not have the ball whenever you don't have the ball in your hands what kind of player are you like whenever those scenarios are happening and over the last 2 weeks it's been a good response i i don't think that i'm i'm not fully in the i'm all all in on george pickens again uh in, in terms of like uh forgetting about what he said he's that's that's going to be something that he has to continuously prove to myself and I'm sure to a lot of other fans is like the, that, he is not going to have that attitude that he did against the game in uh, Indianapolis. But I, I at least like the response from what we've seen so far, but it's going to be, be something that's continuous. I'm not all for uh, I'm not, not going to be all just once I'm going to forgive him and move on. And everything's fine. This is going to be something, something that he will have to continue to do week in and week out.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, before we obviously like, you know, I I think again, going back to the last time we talked was after this Colts game, make Fitzpatrick got hurt in that game. He hasn't played since. So we've seen Patrick Peterson have to take over at safety and man, I'll be honest. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, I I just talked about with Mason, like not overreacting to a small sample size, but I think the difference here is we're talking about a guy that you feel like kind of has to make that transition at some point anyway. The corner to safety thing has happened for a lot of guys in the past, typically to a way to extend careers. We talked about it happening with Joe Hayden, didn't come to fruition. Patrick Peterson may be following along those footsteps of guys like Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, Devin McCourty. guys have done it in the past. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like what it means for the rest of this season with Mink to come, if Mink is able to get back on the field on Sunday, I don't know. I think it looks interesting there. But certainly going into the next season, Patrick Peterson, who I expect to be back, Um, maybe they do something different with his contract. They don't want him to be back at that number, and like give him a like one-year extension to switch up the numbers and stuff, and alleviate a little bit of it for 2024. Um, but I expect him to be back. I think he's playing safety for the Steelers next year, and they'll look for a different way to reshape the corner room next to Joey Porter Jr. Because I think again, small sample size, but the experiment, in my opinion, has worked out very well.
0: I think so too. I think he needs to make the move. He's slow. I mean, let's just face it. He's slow everybody on the field for the Steelers is slow right now in this, that secondary, it feels like, um, so to have the way that they, they handled it on, not the, these on these on Sunday. Yeah. They played on Sunday. I'm so used to, I got used to Saturday games. Now they're back to Mm -hmm. Sunday, but then they're going to be on Saturday, this upcoming week. It's throwing me off, but the way that they handled, uh, their secondary on, on Sunday, I thought that it was, it was really well and it was efficient too. I felt like, and, so if they want to make that transition with Patrick Peterson, I'm all, all all ears. I'm all for it. Full train on that. Because if he's going to be on the team, then he needs to, to play safety. And I think these two games, like you said, you don't want to make a huge deal out of a small sample size, but it was fairly clear throughout the entirety of the season that he just didn't have it, especially whenever it comes to man-to-man corner. Um, but safety will kind of help alleviate that. And so... I, I agree with you. I think that that's a smart move to make, um, and especially to have. Uh, you're, you're questioning who was going to be playing alongside Minka anyway, as far as who's the mm-hmm. strong safety goes. You could potentially just make Patrick Peterson your your future strong safety for 2024, and have that as a duo um, in in the backfield of that those defensive backs.
1: Yeah, and then you probably I would think Trent Thompson's on the roster again in 2024 so you can do a lot of different three safety stuff with those three which they've been trying to do but like oh somebody just always seems to be hurt like last year Demonte kz didn't play until week 10 due to an injury this year they had the idea of it being minka keanu neal and kz and one of those three has pretty much been hurt all year if not more than one of them so they just haven't been able to do it um So, yeah, they will go into 2024 with the idea that they're going to be able to do it again. And we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. But I mentioned Joey Porter Jr. briefly within there. Won the Steelers Rookie of the Year Award, uh, the Joe Green Award that the team gives out every single year, Um, which in this rookie class, like in any different year, you could very easily see Broderick Jones winning this or Keanu Benton winning this based off what they've done this year. But Joey Porter Jr., in my opinion, was the right selection. Uh, You look at what he's done since being put in the lineup. Brought him along slowly, and what I think we're seeing with the returns now was the right call Um, because they're letting a corner shadow basically for the first time since Ike Taylor was here. Like, at times, they would do it with Joe Hayden, but typically, the Steelers are just like, you're the left boundary corner, you're the right boundary corner, and they Mm -hmm. just roll with it, whatever receiver's over there. Joey Porter Jr. is shadowing team's number 1 wide receivers week in and week out as a rookie. I mean... The faith they have in this guy is through the roof. Uh, he's returning that investment and that belief for sure. And I just think it makes you all the more excited for what the future holds for Joey Porter Jr. And again, I think they need to do more work in that corner room to put other guys uh you know opposite of him. But man, it's hard to believe that that like anything other than they got a really good one in Joey Porter Jr.
0: Absolutely and we We mentioned it at the time. we mentioned it. you just mentioned it now. like the way they handled it and not just throwing him into the fire uh, and starting him week one. I think that was a smart thing to do, kind of get his feet wet a little bit, rolling up to whenever he was going to be that starting cornerback. because um, it took a little while. and I'm sure that surprised some people, e- even when he started to play a little bit more, for him to actually be a starter, it took a little while. but the the way that he's played since taking that role, he's easily the the team's cornerback. one, and in a draft class that has several guys that could have won this award, and, and I, I can't say it enough. I said it so many times after this draft class was, was solidified that on paper this was going to be the best draft, like rookie class that we've had that we've seen in our lifetime, top to bottom. And I don't think that that's disappointed this year. I think that that if in we have one game left, and I think that after seeing sixteen out of the seventeen games this season. I can say with a certainty that I think that overall top to bottom, this is the best overall class that we have seen because we've gotten several contributors from a lot of key draft picks, but not only several contributors, but you got a number one corner. You got a starting tackle. You got a starting defensive tackle Uh, and you, you got a great blocking tight end. And and I guess when they throw to him sometimes uh, in Darnell Washington, Herbig has been really good in the sh- smaller sample size that he's gotten. I mean, this this draft class, there could have been multiple guys win this award, and that just speaks to how good it was overall, but how good Joey Porter Jr. has been, the fact that he won it over everyone else in this draft class. He's easily a cornerstone for this defense moving forward, and I, I can't believe that we got him at 32.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Herbig. He had like the game ceiling play on sunday i know that it ended up being a one possession game and and everything tj had to teach him how to celebrate (laughs) hey i hey he's not a me guy you know it's all about the team and just making i know
0: what he's there was funny watching tj talk about that he's like he's like yeah i had to i had to teach him like hey we have to do the handshake and then over here's the camera you have to run to that it's like He definitely blacked out in that moment and had no idea what was happening.
1: But, yeah, he's been awesome when he's been on the field. Um, Again, playing behind Watt and Highsmith, going to be hard to to get those types of opportunities. But when he's gotten them, he's definitely made the most of them. Um, Before we get out of here, got to do predictions. Again, we know that going against the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, we're going to see Tyler Huntley. But it's a little bit hard to really pinpoint this just because – we don't know how many other regulars we aren't going to see. The most it could really be is 7 because you can only have 7 inactive players in total. So, Lamar Jackson will be one of those. So, six other guys. You would think like the injury report could dictate a lot of that. Like Marlon Humphrey's been banged up. Um Kyle Hamilton could come back in this one, but like is it worth it to do so? Ronnie Stanley, who's obviously had his fair share of injuries. But then you looked at older guys, right? Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, OBJ. Would they make sense to sit in this one? Zay Flowers has been dealing with a calf injury. So like I so hard to say. Um, I think the Steelers are gonna take care of their end of the bargain here. I don't know that they're going to get the help that they need to get into the playoffs, but I think they're going to take care of business, everything that they can control from this point forward and win this football game. I'm not going to say they're going to have the same offensive output because regardless of who's out there for Baltimore, I just have you know so much respect for Harbaugh and what that defense looks like and the structure of it. McDonald, their defensive coordinator, who I hope please somebody give him a head coaching job this cycle so he can get out of baltimore cuz his defense is awesome. I just have so much belief in the ravens as a whole regardless of who's out there that they're going to be able to be competitive in this one. Um so I'm going to say 24 to 16 the steelers win this one.
0: I think the steelers are going to take care of business as well. And it's it's just really unfortunate that you're not in a win and you're in scenario that they have to rely on some somebody else.
1: But I think, and it's not even know if you're in on Saturday. They <laughs> plan Saturday yeah, night no, night no, no, until no. Sunday. They they unless the like Colts and Texans tie Saturday night, but
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I'm going to say that the Steelers are going to take care of business. They're going to handle it, and I think the offense will still look good. Like I, I'm not expecting to put up like 34 points, um, or 30 plus points even. I, I my my score is probably going to be pretty similar to yours. Or actually, it is pretty similar to yours. I'm going to say that the Steelers are going to win this one 23 to 13. Um, well, there's no way we're going to lose to that damn cute Tyler Huntley. Um, so I am going to say that the Steelers are going to handle the business in this one. And I, I just, you know, disp- despite how Baltimore has been playing, and in Steelers-Baltimore, like Steelers-Ravens game, I really don't think it matters how good either team is. It just, it's just one of those games where – Brings a lot of motion out of guys, it brings the best out of each of these players. And I, I don't think it matters that the Ravens have won, what are they on a six game winning streak and they just blew out the Dolphins? I throw that all out the window. I understand Lamar's not playing, so it's easy to say. But even if Lamar was playing, the way that Lamar has played against the Steelers, it, it I, I feel the same way about that. I, I I still feel that the Steelers and the Ravens will you they bring out the best in each other. And so the Ravens are going to get the best version of the Steelers on Saturday.
1: Insert that video from Noah Hiles throwing the record book out the window. I don't know if you ever see. I guarantee he, he tweets that video on Sunday as well. Or Saturday, I should say. Sorry. Still throwing me off. Yeah, three Saturday games this year, two Thursday games, a Monday night game. The Steelers only have nine wins this year, and they've won on four different days of the week. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That was actually the case even when they only had eight wins, though. Um, But all right, that'll do it for us for the Steelers episode this week. Uh, Let us know what you guys think in the comments about this game. Hit us with some predictions, maybe one bold prediction, anything like that. Any questions for the next episode, comments on anything that we discussed, um, anything like that, hit us in the comments. Leave us a five-star review if you were listening somewhere else, whether that be Apple, Spotify, whatever your podcast platform of choice may be in the description of the show. We have a link to everything custom designs, our friend Haley Wagner, small business, Facebook and Etsy both are below. There's a lot of custom clothing, t-shirts, hoodies, et cetera, et cetera, just not hats. So everything, but hats, custom designs is really what it should be called. Um, but maybe we'll get there in the future. I wouldn't count on it, but maybe we'll get there in the future where she's doing hats. Uh, but that's all for us. Go check out another video that should be popping up on the screen right now. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.